0: Hello, welcome to this week's Trading the Markets podcast. We're looking at tech stocks, a really interesting space for IG clients. So NASDAQ has recovered somewhat up 16% so far this year, but it has been a rollercoaster ride. Tech's been an interesting space. It's seen a huge number of layoffs, especially in the back-end Uh, of last year and earlier this year as well. Joining me now to discuss all the trends in the space is Anthony Ginsberg, co-founder of the SkyCloud Technology ETF. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we launch into the fangs and the trends in the tech space, just tell us a bit about the ETF that you cover.
1: Okay, so we're quite conservative, actually, Angie. We've basically got a cloud ETF that covers 75 holdings. They're equally weighted across all the main cloud players, but it's globally benchmarked. When you get broader than cloud, we also have a megatrend ETF that's across eight uh, sub-themes, which covers robotics, AI, cybersecurity, cloud. So we actually don't take a particular bet on one stock. So we're actually underweight the fangs per se because we're equally weighting in the cloud. We've got 75. And in the tech megatrend, the broader one with these eight sub-themes, that covers 120 holdings. So these are rules-based, sort of index-based, but they're much be broader than just the U.S. They tend to have a global benchmark.
0: Most of our clients uh, trade quite heavily in the single, what I call the single tech stock space. So like your Teslas, your mm-hmm. Microsoft, your Oracles. What would you say to them if they were looking at an ETF, say?
1: So I would say still go with your passions. If you if you like Tesla, if you like uh, Netflix, what we've tried to do is provide sort of the clarity of the the baseline for people. So yes, they can still buy the individual stocks, but most of the people are using us just for a broader exposure to cloud. So if they want to say, look, cloud is growing at double digits, at about 25% a year, year-on-year revenue growth, we actually expect cloud to double in size, adding about a trillion dollars of new revenue within the next four years. So if you want to play the broader trend, then the ETF is a very low-cost, broadly diversified way with 75 cloud holdings. You want everybody from Zoom, to the AWSs and the Microsofts and, the, you know, obviously the Pentagon we were talking earlier on has just awarded almost $10 billion in contracts. So if you want the broader exposure to cloud, uh, something like an ETF could be a low cost It's typically around 50 odd basis points, uh, the price. Uh, but then yes, people can certainly add to their positions with individual stocks. I mean, cloud's an interesting one because cloud actually also owns cybersecurity plays and we've seen a lot of growth in cyber and uh, even social media and cloud and online gaming are increasingly overlapping. So we see a lot of these trends converging. So the days where you could be in a separate silo just with cloud, the reason we brought this tech megatrends ETF out is because some of these uh, themes like robotics, like cyber, like are seeing a lot of M&A activity. The biggest deal right now in tech that's on the boards is Microsoft buying Activision, which is this massive online gaming uh, player. And the reason they're doing it is partly for a social media thing to get more eyeballs, more and more gamers, unlike my kids and then in the first world who can afford consoles, Consoles now are only one third of the way people are accessing gaming. It's increasing in places like Africa, where I was born, in South Africa or in Latin America and Asia, they're using smartphones. So a lot of the stuff is converging where you find old software companies like Microsoft wanting to get into new tech, into social media, and by owning gaming content, that's the way they feel they can get in there. So they're willing to spend a fortune, $75 billion to buy Activision is, is an expensive purchase.
0: And just really quickly, because I'm also looking at your um, stock here, uh, what would you say to investors looking at this and saying, oh, wow, well, I really would like to diversify. But, you know, we're, we're, the ETF's ticked up slightly now, yes. but it is trading in a, a band, if you like, and it's been doing so since around um, 2022. Uh, what are the um, uh, upward um, events that you're looking out for that would mean a lift in this ETF?
1: It's a very good question. The catalyst, I think, for cloud is not just M&A activity uh, where cloud companies are actually starting to buy more cybersecurity, but it's also the fact that highly regulated industries, the banks, the insurance companies, the hospitals, they're all becoming the big, big purchasers of cloud. So when I mentioned to you that we're going to have a doubling in the size of cloud, that's largely driven not by the SMMEs, the small medium and these so-called cloud native, you know, small companies, it's actually the big, big boys, like the the banks, the household names, the HSBCs, the Barclays. Up until recently, they were nervous, they held back pre-COVID in diversifying across cloud. They weren't outsourcing. Just to give you a sense, 25% of corporate workloads are only now in the cloud. There's massive more maturity to come. Um, Particularly, we see spending in the highly regulated industries that can now not have to bet the farm on one particular cloud, Andrew. So the point previously was you had to bet on AWS or put all your eggs in the basket of Google for your cloud provision. Now, if you're a big bank like JP Morgan, you can separate your Brexit part of your cloud and your US part of your cloud with far easier. And also you can transition uh, from European data with the, the GDPR privacy issues, utilizing cloud, which was not the case pre-COVID. So we think we're in a different world. It hasn't all been reflected and priced in yet. The P ratios on cloud they have come down. They were pre-COVID in the thirties, they've come down into the mid 20 range. Uh, our cloud is actually up 16 and a half, almost 17% year to date. So we think some of the rebound has already started happening, but the big, big growth in cloud, uh, probably over the next three to four years is this doubling in size of the revenues from Fortune 500s and the big multinationals that have historically not been the first movers in cloud.
0: So let's talk about growth in terms of geographies now. We know that many market watchers were expecting this you know, China reopening, but it's been rather um, relatively slow. There's also India, which I'm sure you saw the headlines surpass or is seen surpassing uh, China as yes. the world's most populous yeah. nation yes. uh, by middle of this year. How do you think all this is being reflected um, by these tech stocks?
1: It's a very, very good question. What's underreported actually is that Asia-Pacific are per capita the biggest users of cloud, cybersecurity and mobile. In fact, gaming has skyrocketed during COVID. Asia-Pacific per capita are... T- almost twice as likely to use uh, the likes of the Netflixes and some other digital entertainment as well. So a lot of these trends that are converging, I would say that the U.S. is no longer the leader. The big, big future trend is that emerging markets, parts of Asia, Latin America are leapfrogging old legacy systems, even in places like Africa. You may have heard that Kenya, for example, more and more of their economy is now online with fintech dominating about half of their economy. So and in China, frankly, try and spend cash in China. It's all basically on your smartphone today.
0: Yes, and WeChat.
1: And WeChat and Baidu. So the sad part in the U.S. is that, look, both Republicans and Democrats are basically downplaying the issue of allowing American uh, tech guys into China. So we see a separation of technology. But what we've tried to do is to include the, the Alibabas and the Baidus and the Tencents and include them in our um In our ETF. So we're still positive on on Asia. I actually think the underreported part is is that the developing world is catching up. All the plumbing in cloud, we were talking a little earlier on. Amazon, Microsoft, the build out of Google Cloud, it all started in the US. That was three, four, five years ago. Now, what's unsung and it hasn't been reported on is in places like Africa, whether it's Johannesburg or it's places like Malaysia, their speed in South Korea, the speed is faster with 6G compared to the US, where you may have typically 4G, maybe a little bit of 5G speed. So even in Germany, their speed is way below the speed in Asia. So I'm actually far more positive that Asia Pacific is going to be one of the biggest success stories in these tech areas, particularly cloud, cybersecurity. I wanted to say one other quick thing is cybersecurity and cloud are almost like brothers today. You can't really separate them. They're being rolled into these monthly uh, prepaid packages where clients... See it as an insurance policy. So, if you're a big Fortune 500, you need your privacy protection, your protection from hack attacks, and that's now being rolled into cloud and cyber monthly subscriptions. So, this is not your father's 2000 uh, wobble with tech. I mean, these are, I'm a trained accountant, these are steady cash flow earning businesses that are monthly subscribed uh, and they're very, very steady big earners. So, we're actually very positive. Uh, incidentally, robotics is unsung because as the onshoring away from China happens, into the US and into Europe. They have a massive amount of money to spend to upgrade their factories. They haven't historically used a lot of robots in places like America. So watch out for robotics. It's uh, one of our best sub themes actually this year.
0: Hmm. And let's um, um, move slightly to a, a space that our clients are also very interested in other than robotics and EVs Absolutely. are huge. Um, the US government uh, projects now by 2030, 60% of new cars sold will be electric and I believe 67% will be electric in, in model in the year 2032. I mean, is all this realistic or is it just pie in the sky?
1: No. Actually, President Biden, you have to give him some credit for an older fellow that he's actually like a green president. We don't have a green party in the US, but the Democratic Party is essentially doing all the same green technologies that you see in amongst the green parties in Europe. So the positive thing is, uh, in my own building in LA, pre-COVID, we may have had two or three charging stations in a 12-story building. Today, we've got 33 charging stations in my own building. I've got friends who couldn't drive their Teslas between LA and uh, San Francisco. Today, you can pretty much... The, the charging stations all over the show. America is spending, in that IRA bill, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, they're spending $300 billion on uh, battery charges and on uh, other infrastructure charging. So the US government is actually banning traditional cars on US highways by 2030. So it's not just pie-in-the-sky PR. Yes. It really is happening.
0: And you're saying it's going at the right pace. They're catching
1: up. They're not going to get to the pace of the Nordics or what China's doing anytime soon, but they actually are going to, give the EU a run for their money. I think finally, uh, there's no moving backwards. I have to say that uh, the Democratic Party have really, with this new EPA standard, these are uh, emissions. uh, They've made it very, very tough for traditional car companies to continue doing what they did in the 80s or the 90s. So the world has changed in the US. Even if a Republican president came in, uh, these rules are tough rules. And even my own kids are embarrassed to be driving in in old cars anymore. So I think there's been a huge shift during COVID. And uh, buildings like my own I mean, to go from literally three charging stations to 30, that's not just my building, but a lot of my mates are also being pressured now to buy EVs and we see cheaper EVs, not just Teslas. You're seeing Ford coming out, you're seeing GM, uh, Hyundai. So it's becoming more and more mainstream in the US.
0: Anthony, is this pace at all being sort of pulled back by cheaper fuel? Because I've seen in my you know, in my um, uh, village, as it were, um, yes. Dulwich, There was this real growth, you know, you could see an electric car every week on the road, right? Changing. Uh, People are starting to stick the superchargers on their, on their wall in their houses. Then oil prices, and as you know, the economy weakened, and we're seeing this pace slow. So do you think this is having an impact at all to the rate of growth?
1: It's a very good question, because the American uh, housewife and uh, average American family, frankly, were getting subsidized oil for years and years, and uh, the petrol price didn't really push them over the edge. Then we had the Ukrainian invasion, and prices went sky high. But guess what? Even the prices have come down somewhat in the last 9 to 12 months. My wife, her friends, many middle-class folks... still frustrated with what they experienced over the last year and a half with inflation. And inflation is not really going away. Mm. So I actually think it's been a huge segue to saying, you know what, uh, we don't really want to be going to the petrol station and subsidizing the Middle East or other places. And I really think there's been a mind shift to say, you know what, uh, we want to take control in our own hands. More and more people want to be uh, climate sensitive too. So it's beyond just the price of petrol. I think it's just being Climate sensitive and people wanting to be more green in the U.S. So there's been a huge shift, I would say.
0: And final question because I know you're a cricket fan uh, and you understand the game, yes. and many of our clients are cricket fans. We're you know in a run up now to the Ashes, which is huge for this country because it's not only the men's but the women's as well. What happens with a game like cricket if you know more and more eyeballs are on screens, yes. on Netflix, on Fortnite? You know, can you see the game of cricket surviving all this? The, the five day match, for example, the five day. Oh boy. Traditional, yes. um, okay. rhythm.
1: So, guess what's happening? We're seeing digital entertainment players like Amazon, like Netflix, all buying up rights now for tennis, for cricket, for the NFL. So, guess what? Uh, the days of broadcast television in the US, uh, they're losing 10 to 15% of their viewers year on year. So, the viewership digitally is growing massively, whether it's Hulu or it's Netflix or Amazon. So, they're going to be getting big. They're going to do what Mr. Murdoch used to do with Sky buy up more and more uh, television rights. Uh, and just in terms of eyeballs, yes, cricket, the, the 2020 is, is hugely powerful. I think it's going actually to go global. It was an Indian thing, it's going global, and there's a I big hear. tournament in South Africa, and mm-hmm. in, in England. And also just to give you a googly at the end of this conversation, um, I have to say that these sports can now go more global, faster, uh, just digitally with the lights of digital entertainment, whether it's Netflix, or it's Amazon, or it's Hulu, or it's HBO. It's bringing the world uh, closer to home. So the more I travel around Europe, they're all getting these uh, at the very same time, the American series, the American NFL or the NBA basketball. They're getting it pretty much for cheap prices and instantaneously. So I think the world is, is shrinking as a result of digital entertainment.
0: All right, we have to leave it there. Thank you very much for that. My thanks to Anthony Ginsberg, co-founder of the SkyCloud Technology ETF. And that's our edition of this week's uh, Trading the Markets podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm Angeline Ong.